Welcome to the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, what should you expect from Raheem Morris? We'll talk about all that next right here on the Atlanta Football Party. Let's go. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And of course, this Atlanta football party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, the Raheem Morris era has officially, officially begun in Flowery Branch as the team, of course, announced Friday. They hired Morris as the 19th head coach in franchise history. And also the Falcons announced today that his introductory press conference will be next week. So, we'll, of course, give our audience our thoughts on rounding out Coach Ross staff and the roster in the deep dive. And, yes, we are going there with an official Swifty right on this show. But first, let's talk about how we get to this point, how it got to this point, and what Coach Ross' staff might be looking like and what it might be looking like for his staff this week in Mobile. So, Tori, I wanted to start with you because, hey, it is go time. We were just talking pre-production, how fast and furious it is for you right now. It's the new-look Falcons. The official hire of head coach Raheem Morris being announced last week got the introductory press conference next week we didn't get a chance to talk to you the day the news dropped because you were oh my god running (laughs) on 10 so i wanted to start with you first to get your initial reaction on the news of the hire and also to kind of hear what your thoughts and expectations were for maybe what coach Ra will do what he can do versus say what he did when we met him in that space a couple years back yeah so i'll first off say that the way that i look right now probably coming through the screen is exactly how i feel where it's like hat sweatshirt no makeup (laughs) sitting in my floor like just like trying to make it through uh the this past week has been really crazy and but i think for me even though it's been nonstop. Personally, I always really appreciated Raheem Morris. I I know you guys covered him as well um, in that 2020 season. And I, I said this before and I'll say it again. That 2020 season was hard. And I think people forget what Raheem Morris was able to do with that locker room in 2020. That was a group that started the season 0-5. And, and Dan Quinn and Thomas, Thomas Dimitrov were, you know, released, relieved of their duties and Raheem Morris took over for the final 11 games of the season. Now, I know four and seven doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot um, in terms of like, oh, that's not the best record ever. And, you know, it wasn't a turnaround. But I, I don't think people realize in that COVID year how difficult it was to connect a locker room. And I also don't know if people realize how tough it was to keep that group together. Just to go out and play and play, you know, they did play well. There were a few games that they really did play well and they did look good. And I know that there were all but two of those seven losses were one score games. So the fact that things didn't crumble, I think, speaks volumes to what Raheem Morris was able to do 
with the roster he had. But something that I think is so fascinating with all of this is that the the team that Raheem Morris left three years ago, three seasons ago, and went to Los Angeles Rams and had the success he did there, that is not the same team that he is taking over now. Like, right. at all. Not even close. There's nothing about this team save for Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell. And A.J. Terrell was a rookie in 2020. So, like, the, all of these things, there's so many things that are different about this group. And I think I t- I t- I've been telling people this because I see a lot on social media about people, fans, not necessarily being excited about it. Raheem Morris being the head coach. And look, I I understand it when there's a big name like Belichick out there for this potential hire, but I I really, really like hope that people give Raheem Morris a chance to show one, how much he's grown since the decade, since his last head coaching job. I mean, we've all grown in a decade of life. I'm, I'm so intrigued to see how much he's grown in that time too. And heck, I mean, I I'm really excited to have someone in here who, is as energetic and respectful as Raheem Morris is, I know, to the media and to all of us. And so personally, I'm, I'm really excited about this this hire professionally. I'm, I, I think it's okay to feel a little bit of excitement about where this thing could go. Yeah, I would say the same, Tori. And it's so interesting because the exact things that you were just talking about, that's what I've been sharing with people as well. Just people randomly that I've come across who maybe are, are fans of the football party or, or maybe they they watch Kelly Price and you or maybe they watch uh, Aaron on Locked on uh, Falcons and they're asking questions. So what do you guys think? And I'm saying to myself, like, I have to contain my excitement because I know as someone who's covered him, what this means. I even know from my days of covering Tampa Bay. Now he was not with the Buccaneers at that time, but the respect for Raheem Morris was still there. Don't get it twisted about what happened. There's a lot of conversation from that Glazer family who fired him and they know what they put on the table and said, Hey, Raheem Morris worked with this team. So there's, and, and so many coaches and players that came out, you know, unapologetically in favor of Raheem. So I just wanted to kind of co-sign because like you said, we even know, Tori, if I can take it back to 2019, JD and Free, we even know what that locker room looked like in 2019 and how increasingly difficult it became for us as a media core to cover that team because we could see them checking out. We could see the frustration that didn't have had questions about where they were going, but there were no answers. So we know how it felt to come basically mid-season in 2020, and like you said, get the four wins, but also be competitive in many of those losses, and then to have grown the way that that they have, and you get all of those things that people said they wanted kind of all in one person with someone who has head coaching experience, albeit when he was younger, but you learn from the experience. You come from a great coaching tree. You had an opportunity, really, let's call it what it was, to win a Super Bowl, because had that Rams defense not shown up, Sean McVay would still be in search of his first Super Bowl as a head coach. So, so many great things that you mentioned. And finally, as we're the ones who are the insiders who are able to bring the inside of and the inner workings of the Falcons to a fan base, we're the ones that if we're telling you guys this is a good hire and you trust us to be your sources of information for the Falcons, then you got to trust us on this one. This is a good one. Yeah, I, I think I, I totally agree with Tor because – I think one of the things that would that really stood out during that season when he took over, it was how he empowers people to do 
you know, to do their job, right? Like, and meaning giving them the necessary tools, the necessary teachings, the necessary um, um, explanations to what they're trying to do. And you saw that when you had with you guys like Jeff Ulbrich, who ended up going on to become the defense coordinator for the New York Jets. And, and it's it just you saw those guys play with a different type of fervor that I feel like was kind of the head kind of got lost. Right. Because we know what we understand what Dan Quinn was doing. We understood that, you know, the brotherhood and all that stuff was all good when they were winning. But when those L's start coming along, people didn't want to hear that. And in that moment, Raheem Morris was the perfect type of guy to say, you know what? Here's how we're going to do it. We ain't going to come up with no, you know, stuff to put on a banner and all that stuff and sayings. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna coach this ball and, we, and I'm going to be able to have a, a, a good enough relationship with you to tell you where you are, where you stand and how we're going to move forward. So I think this is what this team needs right now, you know, post Arthur Smith. So uh, and I think that, you know, this is if I can describe this, this coaching hire in one in one phrase, perfect fit, perfect fit. I love it because we know, Jarvis, that that is something that is so important to the Falcons. If you fit that culture, we've we've and that has been that has preceded even a Terry Fontenot. But more and more, we've kind of heard it from that regime. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about the fit. And speaking of that, and we'll talk about it, of course, more in the deep dive, just in terms of the staff fit and kind of what we envision the staff rounding out to be for Uh, Coach Morris, but Jarvis, you are in Mobile ahead of this upcoming Super Bowl and kind of getting a sneak peek at some of the players who might potentially fit the Falcons organization coming up in this 2024 draft. So what are your expectations this week as you're kind of looking ahead and kind of being an eye uh, in the sky or a guy on the ground (laughs) or who or what position groups will you have your eye on ahead of the actual game? Well, you know me, T. You know where I stand when it comes to this whole scene. <laughs> Give them I want the guys that are putting that in the hand in the dirt. What the edge players at? Like, I want to see them. I want to see where they're at. I want to see where what they do in these one-on-ones because, uh-huh. I, you know, I feel like that this, this Falcons defense is probably one really good edge rusher away from really taking that next step. They took a really nice step with what, under Ryan Nielsen in that one year we saw Vast improvement. They almost they doubled their sacks. They went from what twenty one to forty two. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. is a big Huge. deal, especially on this team because they've been one of the worst teams rushing the passer in the past four or five. So I think that's what that's definitely what I'm having my eye on. Also, you know, gotta take a look at these quarterbacks too. I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it when it comes to the, the senior bowl and when it's practice to get rolling tomorrow. Now, Free and Tori, we've got eyes down there in Mobile. So if you guys think about like maybe what you're looking for to kind of get a sneak peek, of course, ahead of the combine as well, what are you looking for as far as your personal scouting report for the Falcons at uh, Senior Bowl week? Because we do know also this is an area or this is a particular bowl game that the Falcons have really, really invested in and and gotten some uh, good results from in the past. Well, I'm glad Jarvis is going to be watching the, the trench players because it's, it's going to it's a really good group of guys there. So I can 
basically, because I'm down there too, as you can tell from an undisclosed location. We love it. But I, like, I, I'm glad Jarvis is going to be looking at trenches players because that frees me up to watch some of these quarterbacks because I got a feeling that there's a good chance that the Falcons could be looking at some of these guys, especially if they don't pull the trigger on on you know a quarterback at the top of round one. Like some of these guys that probably are going to be down here in Mobile are going to be potentially round two, round three type of guys. And, you know, who's got that sort of upside that you can sort of take a swing on and say, hey, this is your typical second, third round pick, you know, that actually could develop into a starter. So uh, I'll definitely be looking at those guys and the guys, those quarterbacks will be throwing to some of the receivers. Our, our guy from Georgia, Lad McConkey's down here. So I uh, want to see what he can do in some of these one-on-ones. I'll say this too, just to add on, uh, Tanitra, to what you were saying about this being an important place for this uh, front office. Over about half of the guys that they have drafted in the last three years have come from the Super Bowl. 12 of 23. They've drafted 23 guys. 12 of them participated in the Senior Bowl. This is a hotbed for the Atlanta Falcons staff. This is where they make a lot of really good connections that last them from this first point of contact all the way through to draft weekend. So so that's important context to have when you're talking about the Atlanta Falcons at the Senior Bowl. Indeed, indeed. And we can't wait for next week to kind of get you guys up front and personal reaction to what you've seen this week. And like Tori said, the Falcons have had so much success with the Senior Bowl. So we definitely look forward to seeing the same uh, when you guys come back and seeing the same this weekend. I know I'll definitely be watching as well. So look, we told you guys when we are coming back, we're giving you our assessment of the deep dive on rounding out Coach Morris's staff and maybe the most important piece of the puzzle on his roster. We'll talk about it when we get back. And this episode of our Locked On NFL podcast or our Locked On Falcons podcast let me get that right i'm talking locked on right but we're here at the atlanta football party i.e the falcons football party and we're talking a little prize pick so you guys know that it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america it's also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports or dfs as we call it it's just a, you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players including pros and sharks no need to do that because you can pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Now with basketball season here, that's a pretty cool thing because you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. And listen, if you watched that AFC championship game, you knew that Travis Kelsey went off. So you might want to pick him as part of your combo for football. And maybe on that other side for basketball, you want to look at Trey young because Hey, Trey had another one of his 30, 10 games, 30 plus points, 10 plus assists in the Hawks win against the Raptors on Sunday. This league is created specifically for combo projections just like that. So if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players, there's also a way to do that. Community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week, like Meek Mill. So another thing I love about it is one of the guarantees. It's an insurance policy they call the reboot policy. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So if for some reason Travis Kelsey goes down or Trey Young goes down, you have a player who exits in the first half, doesn't return in the second. That's okay. 
That Players Rebooted for Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that insurance policy. So you want to find out how to get involved? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, it's prizepicks.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, all lowercase letters for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, guys. So we know a little bit about what's going on as far as Coach Morris's uh, staff is concerned. Of course, we know that the official introduction of Coach Raheem Morris will be next week. The Falcons announced today. Now, as of this showtime, Unless something has passed me by, no coordinator hires have been announced. But we've heard kind of the rumors out there, multiple reports, of course, that Rams passing game coordinator Zach Robinson is getting a three-year deal as the OC, former Eagles DC son, just say, having interviewed here over the weekend. It was reported as well as Marquise Williams being retained as the special teams coordinator. And we did have a confirmation just recently from our guy over at the AJC, D. Orlando Ledbetter, saying that uh, T.J. Yates would indeed move to quarterbacks coach for Coach Raheem. So with that in mind, I kind of thought we'd do like a little bit of our best guessing and kind of get some insight to our audience on what we would want to see. That said, where do you guys think Coach Rob might go with his coordinators to start to round out the top part of his staff? Boys, I'm going to let y'all take this one since I work for I know, the team. I know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can neither confirm yeah, nor deny anything. <laughs> I love it. You got it. You got any thoughts, Jarvis, you want to share? Or... So we'll um, just let Tori smile and <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know what? The one the one thing that that um and we got a I've seen a couple of reports, you know, um confirming, you know, Dwayne Leffer coming back. I think that is a very important um, piece right there because when you think about not only the offense coordinator, yeah, I get it, I understand whoever's going to be calling plays, whoever's going to be have to be the guy to kind of bring usher in the quarterback that's hopefully going to be around for at least the next five or six years uh, for this team and win that red and black um, and be the guy that could take this team to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's important, but I think the guy that has been responsible for this offensive line and their development because let's just face it, guys, we talked about it on this show consistently. Start the season, I don't know what was going on with this offensive line. It, it was a little shaky. <laughs> and then, you know, for we saw Chris Lindstrom even struggle uh, quite a bit early on, but we saw him kind of round in the shape and become all pro. It's kind of like yeah. expectation is, right? Like he was able to do that. And I think even the injury with Caleb McGarry and Storm Norton coming in and I was like, oh, there was some Sundays where I was just like, uh, I don't know if Caleb McGarry out there or not, because, but, you know, Storm is naturally doing all right, you know. Yeah, so yeah. that kind of, you have to give the credit to the coach, you know, and Ryan Newsom as well. He gave you gave some, uh, some, some, some quality starts as well. So when you look at that aspect and dealing with injuries, being able to still be half, at least the same amount of production, um, when when your starter goes down, I just feel like for them to be able to bring a guy, guy back like Dwayne Lefford, I think that is that is a big win for for Raheem Morris. 
And I think I like the Michael Petrie returning as well. We got that report uh, from a couple of sources there because Bijan Robinson did had a, a nice rookie season. And a lot of times just the continuity for rookies is a critical piece there as well. So, yeah, I think to your point, bringing back Dwayne Ledford, having Michael Petrie there and even having a TJ Yates, that continuity and that familiarity for some of those younger players, I think goes a long way too. What about you, Free, since we're on that offensive side of the ball? Let's talk O.C., um, if indeed the reports are accurate that Zach Robinson is that guy, what do you think about that hire? I, I like the hire, right? Um, you know, that McVay tree of coaches, of guys that didn't call plays with the Rams because Sean McVay does that, that have gone elsewhere and had a lot of success elsewhere is pretty good. And so you're like, hey, if, if uh, Zach Robinson can be the next Kevin O'Connell, he can mm-hmm. be the next Zach Taylor, right? You had a, a guy go to college and, and Liam Cohen at Kentucky had a lot of success, helped Will Levis, you know, get drafted high. Mm-hmm. Um, Jed Fish, who's now the new head coach of Washington, uh, coming off a stint at Arizona, a very successful stint there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys that have sort of come through that cycle of basically, hey, let's learn from one of the best play callers in the NFL, Sean McVay, and let's just kind of do what he does. And if you do that, you'll probably be pretty successful. And I think Zach Robinson is sort of the next in line. I think, you know, obviously he doesn't have that play calling experience, but, you know, it does feel like as a longtime quarterback, as someone who's come up in that sort of coaching tree for, you know, four or five years now, um, it, it feels like it's time for him to get that opportunity and we'll get it up. We'll get a chance to see what he does in Atlanta. And I, th- I think people should be excited, similar to kind of Ryan Nielsen last year. I think there was a lot of people that were maybe a little skeptical last year because Ryan Nielsen had never been a play caller, but everybody sung his praises in terms of him as an up and coming DC. And we saw what he did. And the same thing has happened with Zach Robinson. He's been, I think he's interviewed with like five or six teams. Everybody was kind of going after him as a hot new coordinator. And the fact that the Falcons were able to kind of reel in that big fish with Raheem Morris, I think um, is something worth getting excited about. And Tori, Aaron was kind of reading my mind because that's kind of the general question I wanted to ask you. Obviously, we want to respect that you are an employee of the Falcons, but I wanted to talk about those two things, kind of those coordinators or those guys who may be like right there, you know, a step below and their next step is to be the play caller like a Ryan Nielsen or their next step is to, or their step might be like a Michael Petrie to be someone who's retained. How important from what you've seen across time is it to have that guy who, Hey, you can kind of tell by what you've seen that they have the ability to take that next step. And how is how important is it for those younger players to have a sense of continuity as well? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the the coordinator question. I mean, when you look at, I am never under the assumption that you've never been a play caller, so you're not going to be successful in your first years as a play caller. I've never subscribed to that thinking because you never know who is going to become the next great offensive mind until you give them the opportunity to go out and try it. So Mm -hmm. um, I, I think for Falcons fans, if it becomes official, that whether it's the OC or the DC or whoever, I can neither confirm nor deny on account of my job. I have to say that. But yeah. if it is, if it does come to pass that it is a first-time play caller on either side of the ball, mm-hmm. I, I do think that's okay, especially yeah. because of the roster that this group is inheriting. I think if you can get the best way. The best thing for a first-time OC is the same thing that I've said about, you know, first-time quarterbacks in this Mm -hmm. league, rookie quarterbacks. It's all about the situation that you are put into. 
and that dictates so much of your success. So uh, I'll say say that. And then as as far as the reports go about some of these guys coming back to this Mm -hmm. Falcon staff, especially some of these offensive names that we've been hearing. And again, I can neither confirm nor deny, but I will say that that tie, what you're talking about with continuity and bringing in a new play caller and, and, and kind of not having to completely potentially change lingo and mm-hmm. technicalities in, yep. in terms of what they're being asked to do. Um, because if you are keeping some of these guys from the previous staff, there is kind of this carryover of we're all in this together. We're all learning a new scheme. If it comes mm-hmm. to it, we're all learning new technicalities and new technical moves. And we're all learning a new language because mm-hmm. that is what a playbook is. It is a new language for every single new coach, coordinator, whatever. So the fact that you have potentially coaches that are still your guys that you go to for that information and, and kind of breaking it all down, I, I do think that that's important, especially when you're talking about an offensive line or a running back and how those two units work together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think there is something to be said about if it does come to pass that Michael Petrie and Dwayne Ledford are some of the guys that are a carryover from the last staff to this mm-hmm. new one that's being formed right now, then that that should go to show that 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 those pieces are important. Indeed. And and that's why I wanted to circle back to you to kind of wrap it up with a bow, Tori, because I think as we talked about in the first segment, some of our audience and some of the Falcons fan base kind of has this thought of about, um, you know, first time coordinators and will they be able to do it? Are they ready? Are they prepared, especially with this? first time, so to speak, head coach, because it's been over a decade, or they've been saying like, oh, gosh, you know, we should just be done with the Arthur Smith era. But when you still have some gold in there, when you still have some jewels and some treasures, there's nothing wrong with having given an opportunity for that continuity that can, we talk about it being important for our young players, but hey, it's also good when you think about a Grady Jarrett or even a Calais Campbell and being able to say, hey, these are systems we're familiar with, for example, or even a Jake Matthews, so we can just kind of hit the ground running and that actually bodes well for this Falcons coaching staff. Now, when we come back, our Swifty in residence has something to say about these odds of what is going to happen in a couple of weeks with Taylor Swift. We'll talk about it with you guys next up in Who's Got Next. So, guys, this episode of our Atlanta football party is brought to you by Better Help. Now, if you are like any one of us on this show, you've had a challenge here or there. I mean, who doesn't life be life in, right? Well, if you've got Better Help on board, then it's something that you don't have to do by yourself to move from good to great and become your best self indeed. We all need that opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. And sometimes it's helpful if we know that we can share it with someone who is unbiased about our lives. So I wanted to share that with you guys because BetterHelp would be that tool indeed. It's something where it can be different for everyone because, hey, you can choose a therapist within the circle of therapists that are part of this particular company. And if it doesn't work for you, the good news is you can go ahead and ask for another therapist. Now, another thing that's really cool is that it's entirely online. 
I know how everybody in Atlanta is so very busy going from points A to B to C and even sometimes trying to get out of town like our guys are this week. And it's designed to be online so it can be flexible and work with your schedule. And if you visit the site right now, betterhelp.com slash locked on, you'll get 10% off your first month. So again, that's betterhelp. That's H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. And if you go there right now, or at least after the Atlanta football party, you can take advantage of getting 10% off your first month. And why not? It's the beginning of 2024. And the better thing for you to do instead of having a resolution is to get yourself some goals and let BetterHelp get you there. All right, so it is that time where we are already starting to get the prop bets going, right? And of course, we know that uh, it's now San Francisco that's going to represent for the NFC. And of course, the Chiefs that are going to represent, the Kansas City Chiefs that are going to represent in the Super Bowl, the big game, the big dance, the big whatever you want to call it in a couple of weeks. But let's be real, Tori. That's not the big story. The big story is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And I got to tell you, it's one of those things that at all of my 14 jobs, everybody is debating on whether or not they want more Taylor and Travis or less Taylor and Travis or how's it going to go. But nonetheless, there are a whole lot of prop bets out there, starting with will Taylor Swift make it to the Super Bowl on time? As you know, she will be performing not one, not two, but three shows in Tokyo on Super Bowl weekend. So it's going to be very challenging for her to kind of get back to Vegas. But it seems like if she can pull it off with, you know, one of those super jets, then <laughs> there's more than enough time for her to whip back for the final show. You think she makes it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. Us in the Swifty community, we have been like, <laughs> We circled the Super Bowl on the calendar like way back in September when Travis Kelsey was on the New Heights podcast talking about his friendship bracelets that he made Uh, for Taylor with his number on it that he wanted to give her. Like, I'm not joking. There were tweets at that point in time talking about how it would be possible for Taylor Swift to go from Tokyo to Las Vegas, Nevada in time for the Super Bowl. So no way. Oh, oh yeah. This is that's what's so funny is like the NFL like media and I think even just like general media talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are are talking about this this whole thing. But it is nothing new. This whole schedule is nothing new for actual Taylor Swift fans in in Uh like the the different realms of Taylor Swift uh, Twitter. But because I'm not joking, all of this has already been mapped out by by the Swifties. And I'm not joking at all about it. It's going to happen. She's going to be there. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Okay, listen, I got to tell you guys this. So the the fun that we were having with it was this morning or the debate. So I'm going to ask. JD and free this question. Then I'm coming back to Tori to wrap us up. So it was the question of whether or not you had fatigue, right? Or whether or not, whether you had fatigue on, on uh, the Taylor Travis thing or whether or not you were like, no, no, bring it, bring it. Now for me, I was like, no, I kind of have fatigue, but not on Taylor. Cause I like Taylor. It's the fatigue of showing cut the, like the cutaways yeah. that are like so random, but I do like Taylor by the way. So I was like, I'm good with it. And I, I like Travis Kelsey as well, but okay, JD. Now you've got little girls. So you're probably like, you probably have some Swifties in the making. Are you cool with this? this show or, or you know like this whole taylor travis thing or you're like okay let's move i on. mean <laughs> it's it's fine like i don't have an issue with it because uh-huh. you know it's just like 
he has a very famous girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, and sometimes, you know, he's referred to as Taylor Swift's boyfriend. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> she's kind of a big deal. So if you, if it's a, the NFL can somehow benefit from this, you know where right. I'm going with this, you know, hey, yeah. you know how, how the money, the, the moolah works. Right? the money because trail, right. Think, you're talking about added value for it. Do you have a, a billionaire pop star? You know? did this whole thing on the, the estimated value of Taylor yeah. Swift, yes. like in the I last like, yeah, 10 weeks. Yeah. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's wild. So, that, so yes. yeah. So the, the more value the uh, the NFL can add to their broadcast, especially the Super Bowl, oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm talking about it's probably going to be like a countdown, a counter, like, hey, has Taylor Swift landed yet? So, right. yeah, better prepare for it if you don't like it. Exactly, yeah. Free, you want to talk about clearing airspace for the President of the United States? Oh, I think some airspace is going to be clear for our girl Taylor. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, basically, when it comes to any prop bets involving Taylor Swift and the yeah. number of appearances on TV, Always, always take go over. take the over. Take the over every single time. <laughs> you bet. That's, take the over. That's guaranteed yeah. money maker for you guys uh, when you go over to FanDuel or wherever you're right. uh, betting those things. But uh, yeah, you know, Jarvis said it. Like he is Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Like most of the world knows Taylor Swift. They're like, who is? If Travis Kelsey goes over to Tokyo, it's a very different experience for him than it is for Taylor Swift. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, like you said, Aaron, it's that over under and it's 120, by the way, guys. Crazy, crazy. But listen, I want to ask you guys one more thing. And I promise I'm going to keep my little biased commentary to myself. Arthur Smith is reportedly interviewing for the Steelers offensive coordinator role today as we speak. So just a quick rapid fire on this one. Is this the best possible landing spot for Coach Art? If not, let me know where you think might be a good landing spot for him. I think it would be a, a great place for him to land. When you think about what uh, Brian Flores went through and suing the league and all that stuff, where did he end up going? He went end up going to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Mike Tomlin is, is an opportunist in a good way. And so if you can get a guy like Arthur to kind of get in that system, because we're talking about a guy who favors 12 personnel, mm -hmm. that's that's Pittsburgh Steelers football. Yeah, that was going to be long. yeah, that was going to be my <laughs> point. It's like it makes sense schematically to me yep. that he would land there. Just looking at what the Steelers have at their disposal and what Arthur Smith likes to do. I think it it, it does make sense. Darnell Washington, he, he's going to have a breakout season. Oh, yeah. Right. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Right. The only thing is I've started – I've already put Arthur Smith on my prayer list and said, okay, baby Jesus, get him a quarterback because he already had a middling one, and we got a middling one in Pittsburgh. So I'm – The cool. whole draft class, throw it away. Just throw the whole he is representing for his entire like Louisville of a class. I'm good with it. I think it, yeah, I think it is a great environment. He fits that culture in terms of being no nonsense, just like Coach T. But ultimately, I'm like, I'm good. We get him a quarterback to work with because oh my god, I can't with Kenny Pickett. I thought I could, but I can't. Okay, I told you guys I wouldn't get emotional or personal because it's not about me, is it? Okay, so thanks for stopping by the Atlanta football party, which is about the Falcons, not Tanitra's team, the Steelers. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, of course, we'll see you tomorrow for the Atlanta football party, Dogs Edition. See ya.